Hey, all you mamas and papas, looking for diaper bags and accessories that fit your modern lifestyle? Then check out CammieandKel.com. They have a wide selection of diaper bag and backpack styles with features you're sure to love. Their latest addition, the Parker Convertible Backpack Plus Bed, combines a multifunctional diaper bag with features like an insulated bottle station, extra strong stroller straps, wet and dry compartments, waterproof exterior, and an easy-to-reach USB charging port. But it also transforms into a portable baby bed. Learn more about it at CammieandKel.com. That's K-A-M-I and K-E-L dot com. Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, uh, with my permanent guest, Cammie. That's one. Hey, Cammie. Hello. Impermanent guest, Peter. Hey, Peter. Brady Happy Halloween, everybody. There we go. <laughs> and then uh, another impermanent guest, Tina. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Tina, you... You, we've already recorded the shows with other people, but you were like the first like other guest that isn't Peter on the show. So you, you're like the inaugural major guest. So welcome. I feel so important right feel? now. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a really big deal because mystery is a really big deal. Uh, it really is. <laughs> so everyone, we've got a, a superstar cast. We're Brady bunching it here with the tiles because it's suburban legends Two. We're really excited. Suburban Legends was really fun. So these were uh, locally sourced stories with a, a spooky kind of flair to them for the most part that we did. We did this a few August, July, July, end of July, the first episode. Really great. Please go back and listen to it. It was a lot of fun, but this one's going to be fantastic too. And for it, we've got some extra features. We're going to play a clip from uh, Debbie our resident Irish host or a guest, I should say uh, we've got Tina here to actually like physically tell us or well, digitally tell us the story and so on. So if you don't, if you're just joining us for mystery, this is a, a crazy episode to jump into, but we, we typically will grab myths and legends, give you the story and then talk about it. This one, like I said, it's a little different, but it's still a lot of fun. It's very relaxed, really goes well with a good Chardonnay, I think. So just Ooh. let that, yeah. Can I just say that Mythstory has been one of my all-time favorite podcasts ever? Thank I you. love it so much, and there needs to be more people like you guys. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, we really enjoy your podcast as well. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, please. Oh, sure. So we have the Psyche hyphen Delic podcast, and only the smart people will, will get that. So the psychedelic podcast. And so it's really about like delving into the human mind and getting philosophies and different angles from different people and showing the world that you can still be friends after. So we have That's a really good time. Like we somehow incorporate a lot of humor into talking about serious subjects for the most part. So when it comes to real, like, you know, psychological illnesses and stuff we get more serious but most mm -hmm. of them for the <laughs> it's a fun time cammy's yeah. been on a couple of them yes and it's super fun to be on them too <laughs> yeah you guys, yeah, you guys always have a really good panel i really enjoy it 
Thank yeah. you so much. I nice love gift. you guys. I seriously, mystery is the number one in my book. I'm not even kidding. Mystery, <laughs> and then that's strange, and really, that strange is yeah. really good too. And then ours comes third. So on that list, it goes <laughs> no. mystery, that strange, our own podcast, the psychedelic <laughs> podcast. It's really good. We all don't go for like the same subject. Let's just say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> But there's still like such amazing angles. You guys are just yeah. awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Tina. Please check out the Psychedelic Podcast. Um, you, we're definitely if you to find them easy. I mean, of course, type in Psyche hyphen Delic, but we're we're connected through uh, with them on Facebook a lot. So if you find us on Facebook, you'll find them for sure. So we've got a nice packed episode here. Um, we are going to begin with Tina. Tina, I know you've got a little story for us so regale us have at it okay i actually have two stories but mm -hmm. be wow. before i do that and i'm going to try to be very quick here but it's going to be almost impossible uh the duende is a goblin or an elf or a dwarf or whatever you want to call it okay just for you know remember that duende okay. say duende. so that's a filipino thing yes and then we also have the white lady so these are two Ooh. huge things, yes, in our, you know, in Filipino culture <laughs> when it comes to this kind of stuff. And phew, there's a lot. I have so many stories, but I'll give you two. Yeah. So <laughs> I also, before I do, I've never encountered what this is, but we have something called the Aswang. It's a humanoid, like a legendary yeah, humanoid. Yes. So it's like a cross between a vampire and a witch. And they can walk backwards and stuff. They usually turn into dogs at night. They like to steal children. They hunt and they walk with their feet backwards. And they also really enjoy unborn fetuses. So they're said they're Stemple. they're said to be a ghoul, though. <laughs> Who can blame them? <laughs> That's wild, right? So before we get into all of that, I have a story with a white lady, a personal story, something that has happened to me that if I ever am on any paranormal podcast, I've probably talked about it. <laughs> so what, when I say white lady, what do you guys think of? Cocaine. Like a ghost. Like Karen. Speak to the manager. <laughs> yeah. Like really scary. Stuff. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, okay. She's like a wandering spirit. Usually, <laughs> They say that uh, white ladies are associated with being um, victims, sorry for the um, victims of rape or, and I wasn't laughing at that, victims of rape, kidnapping, some kind of holdup. We have a lot of that in the Philippines. So um, there are these people that will basically just, they're pirates, Filipino pirates. They have bandanas on and they will just hold up jeepneys, which is our form of public transportation. And I've seen this before mm -hmm. in real life. It's very scary. So mm -hmm. they're usually victims of that. I was in the house I was living in at the time and it's the house my mom actually was raised in most of her life. It's said to be built on some type of treasure. None of us know what that is, but I strongly believe that not just because of this one story, it all goes together. Maybe another time I'll tell you more about it. So okay. 
there was a time that I was sitting on the couch with my aunt and we had a brownout occur. All mm. of the lights went out, you know, in the entire house, really. So it wasn't really a brownout. It was like a blackout. Sure. Okay. So I'm used to when they say, oh, there's a brownout. Go and flip all the light switches down. Turn off any electronics. Make sure that everything's good. There's only three stairs. They lead up to the second story part of the house. TV goes off, everything, whatever. Like, it's hot. I'm so, that's what I'm most annoyed about. I'm hot. It's the Philippines, humidity. (laughs) So I walk up the stairs, and immediately I notice that all of the light switches are down. They're already down. Hmm. There's nobody been up there. Nobody's been there. So, I mean, can you guys think of some kind of current that would just turn all the lights off for you? That doesn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Walk back downstairs, realize there was never a blackout because I'm able to turn on the TV in the Philippines where something would take 24 hours to fix. Mm. So my aunt's like trying to be really nonchalant about all this. Little does she know I've already had experiences in the house. And she's like, oh, no big deal. Like, come on. Just because I'm 16 doesn't mean that I don't know when something strange is happening. Mm -hmm. So something physically turned everything off. Yes. Like, nobody else was there to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sit down. Here's where the white lady aspect comes into play. Yeah. Remember I mentioned the three stairs. Mm -hmm. I see a white blur come out of the side room, the far right side of the house, zoom out of the room. And she, it's a female form. I would say no face, no, uh, nothing, nothing. There's no face there. Just a white blur, but it's very apparent that there's this energy about this blur Mm -hmm. that is like feminine energy. It was a female for sure. And I'd had already have experience. I've, I'd already had experienced things in that house that leads me to believe that that's true. So this white blur comes zooming out, rushes down those three stairs and out the back door to where there's a chicken coop. The door slammed. The door actually slammed shut. It was not wind. There's no wind in the Philippines, guys, <laughs> unless there's a typhoon. Right, yeah. So that doesn't happen. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So my aunt's like, everything's fine. No, it's not fine. <laughs> there's something here, and it's very obvious, guys. Like, I'm not stupid. So I thought it was just, that was one of the craziest moments of my life. Yeah, that's because creepy. Yeah. I felt it. I felt the cold. Mm. And then for all of the light switches to be off and then the door to slam, it gets more. Okay. There's more (laughs) not gets. I said it gets more because I was going to say it get worse. Right. Right. But it It gets okay. (laughs) So I hear water pumping. One of those big pumps that you actually from the ground, you hand pump the water out. Mm -hmm. And I know that's there because I did laundry there. Mm-hmm. So I hear that and it's a tough pump. I mean, this white lady's having a problem with the water pump. 
I was freaked out. I was really freaked out at this point. But later, obviously, curiosity didn't kill the Tina. But I opened the door and I looked at the ground and nobody had been back. Nobody was home. Just me and my aunt. My aunt and I. There's water all over the ground. Hmm. This white lady really wanted to do something good for us, I guess. She was trying to pump water. Who knows? Hmm. Trying but... to save money on your power bill. <laughs> She's like, what turn off that? the lights, Tina. What are you doing? <laughs> you sound like my mom right now, Cammie. Tina, turn off the lights. Yeah, that was a common occurrence in our house as, as I was growing up. But I... I can keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned you mentioned that that there may be there might be treasure there as well. Yes. So the house is built during the war. My grandfather was killed by the Japanese. Was hung upside mm. down from a tree. This is fact. So, like, hopefully, I don't offend anybody with that. So he. That's how he was murdered. And my aunt, my was a hero in this. She would carry rice and giant bamboo sticks to the Filipino soldiers that were being held hostage oh, yeah. because only the, the Filipino people, women were allowed to help the Japanese and were able to bring them whatever they wanted and they yeah. had to do it or they'd get killed. Right. But my grandma was feeding the Filipino side the whole time. Cause that's how you show your love. Mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah <laughs> yeah she's amazing god bless her soul so this brings me to when you're when you said about the about the treasure my mom was actually just talking to me about this the other day there's a girl that she had her third eye open and everybody knew about it and she felt a spirit with her in the room that i initially talked about and I'd always felt that actually our whole family did, but they never told each other because we didn't want to scare each other. And I think that's hilarious and very cute, but <laughs> it could also scare the crap out of someone. Yeah. So she felt a spear there and ran out of the house. And she said to the family, and this was 30 or 40 years ago, basically that there's something there, they're protecting something and knowing where the house is built, I'm just putting the pieces together. Knowing that the house is built from that time and with all that energy and with these potential spirits that could possibly probably be there, because especially since I've witnessed it, that they're protecting something and they want the people of the house to protect it too. Yeah. So I have a lot more, but they come in the form of dreams. I'd talk for two hours. <laughs> so. is, is the house still in the family? Yeah, they're still living in it. Ooh. That's right. We should check. We yeah, should, we should do a remote from there. Yeah. <laughs> so the white ladies are they? So they're not really like malevolent necessarily. They typically like, are. Okay. It reminds me of the banshees, the Irish banshees. Yeah. It's something lot. similar. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're, they're usually like tied to to a place. Something bad happened to them when they you know bef- when they were around still, and and it's almost it's almost like familial, and it, it's it's like a, a blood curdling cry isn't great but it's also not like super offensive like they're, they're not always known for like just straight up being evil but they're you know not positive for sure that's what i'm getting with the white lady where it's, it's not necessarily like out to get you but it's like it's not really helping either 
<laughs> yeah. You feel their presence. And right. typically their favorite types of spots are roads, the back seats of cars and houses. So mm -hmm. I don't think this one was malevolent. I believe that in everything there can be good and evil sides to all sure. of it. So I don't think she meant any harm or even to scare me, really. It just happened to happen. That's just, wild. That's you can't. Story. Thank you. you. I mean, you can't. I can't even really put into words what that was like. Yeah. Seeing and being susceptible to this type of stuff because I've been around a lot of it. So. Yeah, it gets, that's amazing. It, thank you. It, well, I don't know if I should say thank you, <laughs> but thank you. Well, you know, it's great. It's great to share. I mean, you know, we, especially like we read these stories and sometimes there's like some of the, the personal uh, experience, you know, is, is detached from it because we are reading it. But when you share it in such a personal way, it's, it brings a little something else to it. That's a little extra in a, in a good way. Yeah. It, it's not always easy to talk about the, the white lady. So <laughs> I totally can understand that. Um, I, she could have been a white man. I don't know. Sure. You know, it could have been anything with the way that she was, she or he was shaped. But I'm saying from me personally, I felt that it was a feminine energy sure. right. and she went and pumped water where she turned off lights. So that kind of leads me to believe that that's the case in that situation. Yeah. Mm. That's wild. Yeah. So what do you guys know about goblins? Uh, not a lot. Everywhere. <laughs> The goblins are a myth theme. They're they're international. Yeah. Okay. So as a precursor to my extremely short story, this is actually very important if you want to know a little bit about Filipino culture. Yeah. So a lot of Filipinos believe in what they call duende. And these are little goblin, elf, dwarf, whatever you want to call them, people. Sure. That they generally live in rocks and caves and uh, houses, anthills, mm -hmm termite mounds they live in those so mm -hmm. <laughs> i've never experienced one but they have something called the nuno sanpuso sapunso and that means the old man in the mound mm. they're That's usually cool. yeah it's super cool uh yeah. but there's more to it just the duende is a goblin and elf or a dwarf like i said but they have like magical abilities and stuff like oh that's yeah. really wild like a leprechaun kind of almost not not in a cool way cammy that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad no yeah that's uh, so are these guys like um are they more like uh hee hee tricksters or like hee hee murder your kids they're both just oh, like no. i was saying earlier it all ties together i mean i didn't oh, even wow. mean for that to happen but they have ones that are bad and ones that are good mm -hmm. and they can do they have the ability to curse trespassers that trespass upon where they are residing. They can make you vomit blood, urinate black liquid. Mm. They can swell any part of your body that they want to swell. They can give you excessive hair growth on <laughs> your back. So blame it on the duendes. <laughs> that must be my problem. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that's so, um, that's similar to the Korean uh, have in Korea. There's a, a goblin that's uh, Daibuk, I think is what they're called. It's really similar to, but they're more, evil. I think, like 
yeah, that's it. Um, they're more like, haha, fun, mess with you. Not necessarily like, yeah, like murder you, but that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Or make they... you <laughs> there's actually a lot of people that believe in this, though. There's uh, in Latin America culture, they have a different name for it, but mm. it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I was so... wondering how, if that was a transference, like, because like, it sounds like it is, so. That's interesting. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, I mean, Asians and Pacific Islanders are different, but people think that Filipinos are uh, Asian all the time, but when truly they're Pacific Islanders. Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends. And it's, yeah, it really depends on where you're located. For example, yeah. since I know that Latin America is one of the countries that believes in this type of character and mm. it's very deep into their culture. I mean, these are things that we all know about. We grow up, these are our horror stories and our boogeyman in the Philippines yeah. or one of them, one of the right. many, many. <laughs> so um, where was I? Okay. So Nuno Sapunso is like I said, like old man in the mound and he's a nature type spirit. And it literally is just your ancestor in an anthill. But anyways, my mom lived in the barrio. I think that's the same in Spanish, barrio, like the small community that she lived in. And she knew this little girl. She tried to get in contact with her brother today. Unfortunately, we couldn't get a hold of him because of the time difference. But this little girl got, she went missing for four to five days. She was like three. Oh, imagine, wow. imagine being missing at three. First of yeah. all, the poor parents, but also missing at three, you probably can't take care of yourself, right? Okay. Yeah. She's missing for that many days. People in the barrio that my mom also was raised in saw this little girl floating far away over fields floating she came back after those days and yeah she wow. came back and she said the little people helped me a three-year-old oh. wow she's yeah yeah the little green people i'm sorry there's oh. green mm -hmm. and and that's another thing with with duendes it contingent on their color. It yeah. will tell you, you know, just like probably with American or English folklore and elves and whatnot, the right. colors are different. So apparently these were good ones. They fed her and they took care of her and they sent her home. And you're not supposed to be out after certain times in this type of folklore, which is actually a reality apparently. So that's why they tell their kids to stay in at certain times in the Philippines. It's interesting. A lot of our, our mythology and our whole plethora of folklore story type things in the Philippines, we base, we tie our morals and the way that we live into these folklores very yeah. deeply. Which like, so, I hope, like, like we spent a lot of time with Irish culture, especially recently, and it's it's extremely similar to 
and and you have that interesting thing of like there's a deep rooted history for hundreds of years before the Christianization period too, and that Christianization period just like enhances it. It doesn't expel it. It just it evolves mm-hmm. it and combines with it in unique ways. So that's that's really wild. I didn't oh, know I was yeah. getting a culture lesson today. I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank yeah, you for telling us your story. Could be a whole episode on just Filipino. Right. Yeah, there's so much more. I have so much more. Maybe another time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tina, thank you so much, really, for sharing those stories with us. Um, that's really excellent. Uh, I know you have to go soon, so we won't hold you up for too much longer. But is there anything else you wanted to add in? Oh, yeah. Just so that you guys have to have me on your show again at a later date. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot to say about how Catholicism is probably related to this and the other dealings that I had with different entities in that same house than the one I told you about. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sold. Yay. (laughs) I won something. (laughs) Yeah. Can can I mute myself and le- and remove the stream, but be listening while I get ready? Yeah, Absolutely. of course. Please. I don't know. Let me see if I'll just mute it and. Yeah. Yep. No, you're that fine. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> Thank you so Very much. Cool. I I know I muted myself. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. We'll see you. Good luck tonight. All right. Wow, what a way to start the show. That's really yeah, wild. That but was tw- crazy. okay well um let's move right along so we have something else from uh, a friend not a podcaster but a friend of ours who um, has a story to share with us cammy why don't you set this up just a little bit sure so our friend debbie um who lives in dublin she is going to tell us the story of the hellfire club And this club was kind of famous for being um, like a Masonic club. And it's right near, she says it's about, I I don't, how do they do distance there? (laughs) I'm an American. Um, So it's it's near where she lives. Let's just put it that way. She kind of (laughs) explains that uh, later, but there was like drinking, gambling, stuff like that going on there. So just imagine like a, like a pub that does gambling and, and that sort of thing. Best kind, right? Yeah. All right. Here's the story from Debbie. The legend goes um, that there were three men up in the room playing cards. Um, this is back in, God, I think it was the 1700s. Um, and uh, there was a visitor came calling to the house in the dead of night. And he was wearing a cape. And uh, it wasn't unusual for a visitor to come in and ask for a shelter if the evening was a horrible night. So they invited him to join him at their cards table. And at one stage, one of the players dropped something on the floor, bent down to pick it up. And he noticed the stranger had cloven hoofs. And as soon as he realized this, he looked up at the man's face and he saw the devil's face and the devil then just burst into flames and disappeared out the room. And for years, um, this, you can still go into the room that has the, you know, that he was supposed to be in. And for years, there was this big, like, fiery stain on the walls and stain on the ceiling. It's long gone now. And it's probably uh, just an old legend. But still, cool, huh? That is cool, Debbie. All right. And she has, like, she said, she has one more little thing to share. To, to kind of set up and talk about everything. I should actually explain to you, part of the whole thing with Hellfire is um, it's up a mountain, well, 
good steep hill anyway, Montpellier Hill, it's called in Dublin. And um, to get to it, you have to, well, used to, they put in a new way to it now. And I don't know how the horses did it fucking 200, 300 years ago. But <laughs> there was a track basically from the car park up to the Hellfire Club. And it was like a 90 degree climb and um it took me like fat fucking fool over here like it would take me a good 45 minutes to get to the top it's at least a mile from the bottom to the top and like i was saying half of it is at like 90 degree angle and you're struggling with stones pulling them (laughs) down trying to get upwards oh my god it's a fucking nightmare so of course you're going to think that the place is haunted by the time you get to the top like that sort of exercise like you'd be hallucinating yeah your heart's bumping and you just can't take it anymore so you see the double it's gotta be a great it's gotta be a great pub to like walk up a freaking mountain yeah fucking mountain yeah No, I'm so great. glad that she recorded that and didn't just have one of us read it because it would not be the same story. No, no, no. absolutely not. <laughs> and you'll soon hear her. She's going to be a guest on the episode in November. So in a couple weeks, you'll be hearing her more. And and it was really fun. That'd be really Fantastic. awesome. So, and she yeah. really helped me with the Children of Lear episode as well with the pronunciation. Yeah. It's on the war. So mm. definitely check that out if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. No, so awesome. all right. Thank you, Debbie. Well, yes, thanks, Debbie. Um <clears throat> So, guys, we have the, the last few stories for you uh, from us that were sent in, or not from us, sent in from our fans, though, uh, that we're going to kick off with. Uh, again, these were stories that are sort of have, have a local um, localness to them uh, from the, the people who sent them in. So uh, I'm going to start, and then who did we say was going second? Cami? Me. Okay. No, perfect. Peter. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll throw it to Peter. I'll throw it to Peter after okay. this. Okay. And we're gonna get round robin it. So I'll give one, and then we'll we'll go through and then come back to me. So this is from our friend David, uh, who actually is um, a friend of ours from the Orange Recliner Chronicles podcast. You can check him out as well through various www dots and coms and things like that. So check him out as well. So this is uh, in the Heritage Theater in Brampton, Ontario, Canada. Canada's above America, if you didn't know that. <laughs> so the Heritage Theater was built in 1922 and opened the next year to the public. The theater was used for vaudeville acts and silent films. Legend has it a young aspiring actor was murdered in one of the dressing rooms and his spirit still lingers. Visitors have reported a coldness that runs up and down their backs and a gaggle of strange voices. A gaggle. That's creepy. Hmm. More than one patron of the theater has also reported seeing a figure similar to the Grim Reaper lurking by the theater curtains. And then there's a horror emoji like (laughs) it's scheduled to be demolished shortly. Wow. Well, of course it's being demolished because – it's never really a great it's time like to go haunted. to a theater, but also <laughs> a global pandemic. So you don't want to get haunted and uh, a respiratory disease right now. That's not, <laughs> that's not really good. That's wow. wild. I didn't know spooky things happen in Canada. That's great. Thank you, David. It's the geese. Yeah. <laughs> they have very polite ghosts. <laughs> right. Um, excellent. All right, Peter, take us away. Okay. This story is from Carolyn. Uh, she lives in Columbia, South Carolina, but she grew up in Iowa. And this is a spooky graveyard story. This is the story of the Blue Angel. 
of Muscadine, Iowa. What is it about a graveyard that attracts the attention of small children? What strange gravity pulls them in despite their fears? Why do graveyards become a setting for children's games and stories? Every town, no matter how small, has a graveyard, and every graveyard has a story. And Greenwood Cemetery in Muscatine, Iowa, is no exception. Every local thrill-seeking teenager must make a pilgrimage to Greenwood and seek out the infamous Blue Angel. The angel sits in a mausoleum in a remote corner of the cemetery. The angel kneels with one hand outstretched, bathed in blue light from a stained glass window set in the wall behind it. The angel once held a rose in its outstretched arm, but someone broke off the hand and hid it away. Some say that the rose was cursed and the vandal was trying to spare would-be victims from a terrible fate. Stories about the Blue Angel have been spun for nearly 100 years. In the 1950s, the angel was thought to be benevolent, protecting the cemetery from vandals and mischief makers. But then the stories took on a more sinister slant in the decades that followed. Many believed that if you, if you ever saw the angel drop the rose from her hand, that you would soon die. Others believed that the angel would come to life at midnight. People reported strange voices in the mausoleum late at night. Others claimed that the missing hand would reappear on auspicious evenings. Stories of the blue angel morph and change as they passed on to new generations. I wonder if she will be a hero or a villain in the tales to come. Thank oh, wow. you, Carolyn. Wow. Yeah. That's really wild. Blue Angel. I need to, there, there's, I got some great pictures. We'll have to put them up at the episode when we. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I wonder how many, um, like, Blue Angel, like, you know, like, or that's wild that, that that's there. I, I wonder if there's, there's any recurring, like, ideas like that somewhere else. It's interesting because like it, it's, you know, a lot of these stories, like we'll hear in my second story, how, you know, these stories will, will in some cases will attach themselves to multiple locations. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is a very specific object that, that these stories come from. And it's funny, like I read some interviews with some people who like grew up in the area and they're like, Oh yeah, my friend broke that. <laughs> he's, he's a jerk. That's funny. <laughs> That's really but, cool. But it's the, the, these stories have taken on a life of their own now. It's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, all right. Cammy, are you ready? Yeah, I'm going to get to the spookiness. Mm. So this is from Dawn, who is also from the Psyche-Delic podcast, and she's in Spring Lake, North Carolina. There's an abandoned nursing home hidden in the middle of Pinehurst, North Carolina. It's said to be super haunted, and it's basically a place where stupid stuff happens. My friends and I went there to take pictures under the impression that we would develop them. This is back when f film was cool. And we'd see stuff in the pictures like ghosts, etc. It was definitely a scary place with the type of vibes where it feels like you're being watched all the time. It's easy to get lost in there as well. That night, I had the most terrifying nightmare. I still feel it in my bones. It was as if I had never left and was still there, but night had fallen and we were being chased by something we couldn't see, a spirit or a demon. 
I just remember running for my life and getting lost repeatedly and us splitting up and then finding each other and then splitting up again. To this day, that was about 15 years ago. I have still not developed the film. Oh, oh <laughs> get on it, man. Come on. I know. That's <laughs> crazy. Wow. Send, send it, send it to us. We'll develop. Right. It. Yeah. We'll develop. <laughs> it will be like, it'd be like Al Capone's vault. Yeah. That's, that's creepy. So she still has it though. You think? I mean, it sounds like, yeah, she yeah. still has it. I don't, I don't remember if I like pressed her on that. I remember Ooh. I asked her like a couple of questions, but I can't remember if I asked her specifically. That's really interesting. Yeah. Film. I'd like to hear more. If she still yes, just wants to keep it under lock. <laughs> <laughs> That's really wild, and you know, we're uh, pe- people may not know we're in South Carolina too. That's pretty close by, so I can I, I can imagine it pretty well. Like, yeah, that experience. We've got some creepy stuff here. So excellent. Well, um, so the next story is from Denny from the Hauntingly Yours podcast. Denny's from Gloucester, Virginia, which is pretty <laughs> close to us too, and close to North Carolina. So just just imagine lots of woods and crazy old stuff uh, in these, and you'll see. So <laughs> there is this swamp. There you go, behind the elementary school that I went to. Oh, that's a terrible place to put an elementary school. A friend told me it's supposedly haunted. I went one evening around dusk with a female friend, and we checked it out. There's a patch of woods that runs along the swamp, but high up on a hill. We were walking through the woods and realized it was an old World War II cemetery. At one point, a giant gold blur ran past us. Well, that's interesting. Gold. Hmm. I stepped back to see what it was. It was the spirit of a male deer, and he was glowing with his beautiful gold color. My friend and I thought it was the coolest thing. Not too long after that, we heard what sounded like a heavy steel door opening. The sound came from a swamp. I walk toward the edge of the woods to look down and verify what was going on. No sooner do I get to the edge, this uh, shadow, this man's shadow rises up from the swamp like he's on an elevator. He's carrying a lantern with a single flame in it. I stood there baffled and watched as he stepped off and scanned back and forth across the edge of the woods like he was looking for something. My friends stood there in disbelief because we couldn't see anything about this man. He was totally surrounded by darkness. I called out to him. I repeatedly asked, who are you? I guess he must have had enough because he turned around and went back to this exact spot. He stepped into the woods. Without a word, he stepped onto his imaginary elevator. Again, we heard the sound of a heavy steel door opening in the swamp. He started disappearing, lowering back down into the darkness. We took off running out of the woods and down the swamp in a matter of seconds. The swamp man was gone. I mean, this was in the span of 60 seconds. I shined my lights all around in there and ran all around. The dude disappeared without a trace. (laughs) I encountered him on one other occasion to this day. I still can't explain it. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I like door. There's a lot. I would have noped right out of there. There is no way I would have seen the whole thing. It was the bait and switch. It was the the beautiful golden deer and then Swamp Man uh, coming up like (laughs) like this. Like, and then showing off. That's wild though, but he didn't say anything. He didn't. I'm thinking it's just some crazy dude who's like ready for the apocalypse and he was just open his vault door that he hid in the woods. And he's like, who's out there. And then, you know, but he hasn't bathed in forever. No, that's, that's really wild. 
Did you guys see that gold deer run by? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah, he's like looking for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was my dinner. Right. Yeah, I wonder that's interesting that the gold deer. I wonder if he saw the gold deer on the second um encounter he says that he had. Yeah. That's interesting. And, you know, there's like the World War II cemetery too. Like what's going on with, you know, is there an association with that? Yeah. That's of, really interesting. A lot of possible connections there. A swamp right? elevator is just too much for me though. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something <laughs> I'm lost. In elementary school and yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot there. Danny, thanks for sharing that though. That's wild. I wonder if he's at anyone else that's like still encountering that or if there's any scared elementary kids that are like, I'm so glad I don't have to go to school right now because of the swamp elevator man is going to get us. Yeah. They need wild. to go do a uh, live remote out there. Yeah. That'd be really cool to see it again. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, Peter, I know you've got your next and final story for us. So lay it on us. All right. This one I'm excited about. This is from my cousin, Jimmy, who lives in Western Pennsylvania. Oh, pretty uh, cool. This is the story of Charlie, no face and the green man tunnel. It's a two parter. Uh, when I was a boy, I would spend hours crashing through the woods behind my house. I'd return home covered in tiny scratches, trailing spider webs behind me and with thorny seed pods stuck to my socks. Tiny remembers reminders of my journey through the imaginary world beneath the trees. Stories can follow us home too. A sailor hear, hears a story on a battleship in the Pacific, and he carries it back to his home among the steel mills of western Pennsylvania. Like a thorny seed, the story travels far from the mother plant, attaches itself to a new teller, and puts down persistent roots in an unfamiliar setting. Green Man Tunnel is one of these sticky stories. It clings to a series of ominous locations like a stubborn vine and seems to propagate wherever young storytellers seek to thrill. And in one case, an actual living neighborhood oddity is cast as the titular green man himself. Pittsburgh is known as much for its railroads as it is for its steel mills and inclines. The Monongahela River Valley is hemmed in by mountains and the veins of industry tunneled deep into the steep slopes. Just down the river from Pittsburgh in South Park Township, an abandoned tunnel stands at the foot of a high hill. Streaked with grime, the tunnel yawns like a gaping mouth on the hillside. Great piles of road salt pour from its mouth like foaming spittle. Loc locals claim that the tunnel was closed following an electrical accident that melted the face off of a railroad worker before killing him. On some nights, watchers can see the ghost of the worker haunting the entrance to the tunnel. The spectral form is said to be bathed in an eerie electric green glow. Curiosity seekers from all over the country still make pilgrimages to the tunnel to catch a glimpse of the green man. Now, that on its own would be a pretty cool story. Yeah. But there's more. Okay. <gasps> Little do they know that the green man actually survived the accident and walked the streets of Beaver County until his death of natural causes in 1985. 
Raymond Robinson was born October 29th, 1910. When he was a boy, Robinson climbed an electrical pole on the Murado Bridge to examine a bird's nest. Robinson fell onto a high-voltage electrical line used to power a trolley. The accident should have killed the boy, but against all odds, he survived. Wow. But the incident left him horribly disfigured. Robinson lost both of his eyes, his nose, and his right arm to electrical burns. Mm. The scar tissue on his face gave Robinson a pale green pallor. Robinson was well-liked by his neighbors. Not wanting to cause a spectacle everywhere he went, Robinson took to taking long walks late at night. Curiosity seekers would drive up and down the streets of Beaver County, hoping to catch a glimpse of the green man. Robinson would occasionally pose for pictures in exchange for beer and cigarettes. I have some of these pictures, and they're amazing. Uh, some teenagers started calling him Charlie No-Face, and the name stuck. The wow. legend was passed from generation to generation. Many tellers of the Green Man story don't even realize it's based on an actual person. Charlie No-Face stories are still popular throughout Western Pennsylvania, and there is not one Green Man tunnel, but several. It seems like wherever thrill-seekers find a spooky tunnel, the Green Man legend becomes attached to that landmark, like a troll beneath a bridge or a fairy in a wishing well. Wow. Wow. That is really sad. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it truly yeah. is. No, I meant the, like the accident. Like I just. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Well, uh, funny enough, I think this episode's going to go up when it's his birthday. So. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday Raymond. That's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Like I grew up. Um, I also grew up in Pennsylvania uh, near a lot, near a lot of trains. And actually growing up, I knew a boy who fell off uh, a bridge and fell onto the wires and uh, was, was he, he survived, but he was, he got really messed up. Right. That's wild. Oh, wow. I can't imagine. Yeah. It's really interesting too. Like everything gets kind of like every landmark gets named after that. Mm -hmm. Like, Man, like everyone's like, oh, throw it out on there, throw the name on there. It's like, it's like the Jack we, we talked about, just everything's oh, Jack, yeah. Jack that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's really interesting. And then my it's still it's going on. My, my uh, martial arts trainer grew up in the same area, and he said he used to go on, he used to take kids on camping trips, and they would camp near the tunnel, and you would take them down there to scare the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, good mentor, yeah, good, good guy, yeah. <laughs> It's really nice. I like that. Wow. Excellent. All right. Well, I think we're at our final story, um, Cammy. Right? We are. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Hit okay. This is <laughs> this is from Dan with the Oops Caught Me Smoking podcast. Um, and he's from Detroit, Michigan. So the first time I had an encounter, I guess, if you want to call it that, was in a little house just outside the city limits of Detroit, Michigan. We moved there because my grandpa had to move for work. So we settled in this little house. Not big at all. It had two bedrooms on the main floor, a basement and an attic, which was the creepiest place in the house. In the attic, we found an old mirror. 
My grandma loved old antiques, so she cleaned it up and put it in their bedroom, which shared a wall with my room. We've, we lived in the house for about a year while noticing little things at first, like the cabinet doors would open and close by themselves. And the shower curtain in the, in the bathroom would shake like someone had a hold of it while you were showering. Not all of the time. It was just mostly if you showered in the morning. My grandma would just brush it off like, oh, you forgot to shut the doors or you must have bumped into the shower curtain, you know, give easy explanations to dismiss what was going on. So I just started to ignore it. And a few weeks went by and everything just stopped. No doors opening and the curtains never shook anymore. This went on for another year with no activity in the house until one night I was in bed and was just about to fall asleep while watching TV in my bedroom. I'm about 10 years old now. And as soon as my eyes would start to close, I'd hear a voice whispering, wake up. So I opened my eyes and just shrugged it off as the TV. So I got up and turned my little black and white TV off. This was back in 1991 or two. So we actually had to get up and turn our TVs on and off. So I crawled back into bed and then I started to drift off again. I heard the whisper, wake up. Now I know it's not the TV. So I started yelling for my grandpa. Grandpa, grandpa, someone is in my room. Then my grandpa runs to my room and sees that no one is in there with me. I told him something keeps telling me to wake up. He tells me I'm probably just hearing him and grandma talking in the next room. But the look he had on his face told me he knew that wasn't the case. So he told me to go to sleep in their room until they went to bed. That's when the scariest thing that ever happened to me, well, happened. I fell asleep in my grandparents' bed, and beside their bed was the mirror from the attic, like a tall stand-up mirror. And I remember opening my eyes and seeing my reflection in the mirror, but in my reflection, my eyes weren't open. Then I remember looking around, and that's when I noticed that I was looking at myself through the mirror, like looking out of the mirror at myself sleeping. Then I jumped out of bed and ran out of the bedroom screaming and crying. I didn't sleep at all that night. In fact, about a week after that, my grandfather quit his job and we were out of that house. <laughs> Needless to say, we didn't take the mirror with us. Damn. Yeah, that's like some uh, uh, Bloody Mary type of stuff yeah. there where you're just trapped in the mirror forever. Yeah. You need to burn That's that house down. Wild. Gramps <laughs> on board for like the nope and like he <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, no, I don't want this to ever happen to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like, like Tina's on, like you know, like but like it was like, nah, don't worry about it. It's all good. I mean, yeah, all this crap's happening, but no, nah, it's okay. But he's like, look, go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. Just go to bed, please. <laughs> we're, we're leaving in a week. Go to bed. Right. <laughs> Wow, that's really wild. Where was this again? In Detroit, Michigan. Oh, that's wild. Really great story. Thanks. Like that. Yeah. Wow. This has been some really cool stuff today. Uh, well, I think that does it, guys. We've taken up a lot of time here, but this was a really good set of stories. We're really thankful that Tina was able to jump on. Debbie, thanks for sharing. And everyone, thanks for giving us your stories. Um, Suburban Legends, this is number two. Uh, so if you want more, check out our last episode. 
I think it was 49 or something like that. I'll put it up in the episode notes so you can scroll down. And then if you want to listen to to some more Suburban Legends stuff, you can listen to the first episode. Uh, go on, Cammy. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, if you and if you have any stories, they don't have to be spooky. Um, it's just because it's Halloween that we're picking the spooky ones. So give us your your legends. Like if there is a cryptid in your town, if there mm-hmm. is an old historical uh, something that you, you know, I don't know how to put this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> something that you've witnessed or yeah, anything local that means something to you. Right. Some That's what we're trying to do. Character. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Like we just, we want to um, like the way Tina is able to share some stuff about the Philippines. Like we want to just kind of show off different locales, things that aren't so well known as well, but it could be, it could be like your town's Mothman version, essentially, or mm-hmm. something like that, or a crazy event or incident or just, or something personal, literally about, you like sleeping in and your grandpa quitting his job a week later for it. So <laughs> let us know. Uh, please share with us. Yeah. You can um, message us directly. Um, come, you know, join us on Facebook. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, mystery with an I E myth and story, all one word I E at the end. And then you can uh, reach out to uh, Cammy or Peter directly, or just send it to the crew privately, whatever you want to do. We'd love to share your stories. Or if you want to do it like Debbie and Tina have done, we can work something out too. If you want to share it, the story yourself, especially if you have an awesome Irish accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well, Peter and Cammy, thanks for jumping in and sharing stories that were provided. And uh, yeah, I think that covers it, right? I think that's it. That's all I got. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.